Are we starting to feel the urge, the urge for more paintball? Do we have to go back and redo last week's episode to catch Thomas up? Yeah, if we could just re-record that in its entirety, sure. that would be good. Welcome back to Community Rewatching 101. We're doing uh, for a few paintballs. Yeah. No, dude, you gotta you gotta catch up. I'm sorry. <laughs> Actually, Heather, did you ever catch up? I did not because Stop. I'm a terrible person. Wait, so have you missed episodes? Yeah, I did. I missed the two pre the ones that I wasn't here for. I did miss those, and then I've let my Netflix subscription run out, and I'm not getting Amazon Prime again. So and we're she's finding living other on means. the street, and she's <laughs> yeah, basically her jokes for cash at you know stand up comedian bars. And- mm-hmm. I've got about two dollars in pennies in my tin can right now. Get so it once together, I- <laughs> girl, and she will put them in her fist and punch you so hard unless you give her your Netflix password. Yes. <laughs> well, they don't allow that anymore. Well, no if you got Thomas's sharing. Netflix password, it would only give you access to like all of Yahoo Sirius's and uh, Paul Hogan's <laughs> movies, and that's it. Maybe so. Skippy. <laughs> I never uh, did see Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. And Gallipoli, <laughs> right? Gl- you know, isn't that Australian, right? Oh, yeah, uh, Mad Max yeah. movies. It's a good one. Actually, Australia has a, a wide array of sci-fi movies. Of which I am very knowledgeable about, and apparently Thomas knows nothing about. So yeah, we'll have to oh, I do know we've got Talk to Me out in cinemas at the moment. It's a good movie. Everyone should okay. See it. Um, it's made in the town I'm in at the moment, Adelaide, which is cool. Nice, Sweet. cool. Well, hey guys, welcome back to Community Rewatching 101. This is actually really cool because for us, it's the end of another season. We've only finished two seasons at this point so this is only the second time we've arrived at this milestone years after we started this podcast uh as we go into season two episode 24 is for a few paintballs more and i think this may be the longest season um last season was 23 or 25 right so this is the second longest and then the seasons season three is only 22 episodes and then they definitely get shorter after that so so enjoy the the mid 20s here because it's not going to happen and again uh but yeah look at that we've we've arrived we've arrived maybe a couple episodes that we haven't uh caught up on but i'm sure we will by the time we talk about the whole season heather (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) we sound like we know what you're talking about uh but but in any case hopefully we've all watched this episode because it's pretty important wait which episode are we doing yeah, um, it's called the pilot. <laughs> <Where are we? laughs> uh, apparently, seven strangers meet together in a community college, and uh, it'll never work. Stuff. It, no, it I'm, might. It might. As long, as long as long as they have a dean who wears outfits, crazy outfits all the time, and throws puppy parades, we're okay. Oh, the puppy so, parade! I'd forgotten about the puppy yeah. parade. I was re-listening to our last episode. And uh, we were talking about how how cool the dean is. Like he actually put some effort into this college. I'm like, he put together a puppy parade. I've never seen somebody do that. That's that's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. So let's let's hire the dean and tell him he's a good dean after <laughs> all. He's a good dean. <laughs> well, Thomas is a good Thomas, and he is here to give us a summary on tonight's episode. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, dim your lights. Put on your listening ears, stare with open, uh, agape mouth, uh, because you're about to be awed by the force that is Thomas. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Greendale is under attack by Pistol Patty's cowboy creamery, but who's under that ice cream cone? 
It's none other than Dean Spreck of City College, here with a dastardly plan to make Greendale students destroy their own campus. But our study group and pretty much all of the supporting cast of the season form a rebel alliance to fight back. Troy and Jeff battle for the leadership role as Annie falls head over heels for Abed's one episode only Han Solo. The rebels divide into two strike teams, both of which essentially fail, and at the last moment it seems like Shirley might be the one to save the day, but when she gets shot, it comes down to Pierce to be the surprising last man standing. Pierce claims the 100 grand and donates it to Greendale, which raises his favour in everyone's eyes, and the study group invite him back for the next semester. But he declines, says he's done with them, and leaves. That's what happens in Community Season 2, Episode 24, for a few paintballs more. Nice. I just want Thomas to be the voice of To Be Continued on every show that I watch. <laughs> Previously on. Ex- wow, it's like I'm right in front of a TV. Really is. Mm. Well, uh, so Star Wars, let's start there. That'll be our jumping off point tonight because as we talked about, they are switching up the motifs a little bit, going from Western to a, a, a bit of a Star Wars homage, although I will say it's like less they're definitely not going all out uh, with this as they did with the western theme but there's some there's some elements here and so uh, my kickoff question to you guys is i know it's kind of a worrying question to ask you know what's your favorite star wars movie what's the least favorite i want to ask you guys what do you think's the most underrated star wars movie <laughs> what's um, the one you would you would champion going yeah you know what this this one's actually better than most people would well in say. answer to that question i'd say and this is very unpopular but look there are i think there are good things to say about attack of the clones um and gasp okay uh, <laughs> no. do, do state your thesis here we are listening it's uh like it's it's a very um it's a dark and angsty movie. It it's weird and CGI e, and you know some people think bad acting e, but I I enjoy the 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 mood of it, and it's got like Obi Wan investigating a mystery. It's all like it's a little bit. Uh, it's got its own style, which I like. So, Attack of the Clones. All right. Anybody else want to chime in? Underrated Star Wars flick? I mean, I'll just agree with Thomas on the Attack of the Clones is dark, dark ambiance, dark, like, story. I, I, I like that about it. I don't. This has given us some nice memes, right? It, it definitely has. I mean, guys, we've gotten two of the best memes ever out of that one film, but yeah i don't i don't think rogue one is underappreciated but i mean i don't know i like it and i think it might have gotten a bit lumped into uh to the hate of the new star wars in general but i thought it was a good movie i just wish personally that they hadn't kept going back to the well of the death star thing but i thought it was a really good film it's such a flawed gem yeah there's so many good things and yet at the same time there's like oh yeah that was a bad choice that was a bad choice Mm -hmm. that was a bad choice yeah, it really feels like Rogue One is, I almost think it's a little, um, not overappreciated. That's not a term, but that. It, it's Like overhyped? It, overhyped, yeah. I, I, I think it has a fantastic last act. Oh, yeah. But everything, by the first 60 to 70% of the movie really feels like a movie that had 10 different reshoots 
mm. kind of because it was, <laughs> you know, yeah. it was a very right. troubled I mean, they had a trailer with scenes that you never saw in the movie. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I think Solo is really underrated. I think that I was going to say Solo. I yeah, seen that Solo. got really swept yeah, up in all the Last Jedi hate, which I will champion that movie till the end of time. But I know that half the world is with me and half the world is against me on that. I don't know if it's underrated precisely. But yeah, I think Solo was a ton of fun. And I think The Phantom Menace, while not being a good movie, is a better movie than people give it credit for. Hmm. All so, right. Phantom Menace actually, like, a lot of it, like, always looks better than I expect when I rewatch it because that one actually is shot on film and stuff. And there's actually some good, good looking stuff in there. I've never shown my kids the, the prequels yet. Uh, I, I want to go back and watch them with them just to see how they are because you know that was really interesting a whole generation kind of grew up with those being the star wars movies that were out in theaters and all of us you know older people are like no 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 there are better ones please don't <laughs> don't base your childhood around this but they're like no we anakin yay and uh and now we're like oh you know what maybe we should go back to that because you don't want rise of the skywalker and all this and well see uh, this is the interesting thing to me though i i hated Rise of Skywalker passionately but I think the prequels have benefited from hindsight not just because we now have a generation that grew up with them but there's also been 10 to 20 years of other content filling in all the edges and making you appreciate things forcing you to appreciate things that devoid of that context you can't appreciate there's been a lot of work done and like people bending over backwards to make the prequels a more satisfying experience. And I feel like they're starting to do that now with the sequel trilogy. So in another 20 years, when I'm collecting social security, there's going to be an entire generation of people who can see the beauty of the sequels because there's been umpteen novels and comic books and tie-ins and TV shows and all of those things that are trying to, to make it make a little more sense. I, I feel like see, that's the only see, what reason. you're saying yeah. is we need other people to do our homework so that yes. these movies make that infuriates me so <laughs> much. I, I I've always thought that they said the prequels are, you know, shows what a the, the Clone Wars rather the TV show Clone Wars showed what a great story George Lucas had and how terribly he told it. Yeah. So what do you guys think about uh, how community dealt with Star Wars? I mean, it was it was very very low hanging fruit for for a geeky type show like this. And um, this is really the, I don't think that they ever go back to the star Wars. Well, again, in the show, unless I'm, I'm really misremembering anything. So yeah, let's really quick. What do you guys think about how they implement star Wars in the community universe? It didn't come across super strong to me. Uh, I do like watching Abed be Han Solo, though, and and Annie fawning over him. I love that part. It just it didn't it didn't feel I I wouldn't even think of it being a Star Wars referencing episode if it weren't for the fact that they kept calling the guys stormtroopers, and Abed kept like there was the argument over like I'm going to be Han Solo and I'm going to be whoever. Um, also though, if I might add, I found, and I don't know if this was on purpose, I feel like it is, but the stormtroopers in their white outfit with their black, like, vests and stuff, it's, it's a white and black combo, 
I love it because I think it worked perfectly to go with not only the stormtroopers thing, but the ice cream theme. Because you notice that like cow or horse statue behind them that's black and white and they kind of seem to blend into it for a second. I was like, oh my gosh, was that one big like jokey reference having them be black and white so they look appropriate in both scenarios? Cow print. I love it. That's really clever. I thought so too. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but like I couldn't help but notice it when they were near that statue. Yeah. I, I Go ahead. Oh, just I, I was going to say I, I pretty much agree with Heather on the, the Star Wars thing. I think there are a couple of areas where they hit it pretty hard, but then they pull back and they're not as slavish to Star Wars as they could have been. But I don't mean that in a negative way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think they let themselves tell their own story and do more of a paintball thing with a little like a, a sousant of Star Wars. You know, mm-hmm. that's and that's probably wise because. How many Star Wars parodies have been done at this point? Yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, they Muppet Babies did it. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. at that point, I mean, it was already like the very first Star Wars parody came out like that same year. You know, Hardware Wars. Hardware Wars. Yes. And so we've we've been barraged by them. So I think, yeah, it was kind of wise that they they first of all that they kind of ditched the western thing i think that would have just been stretching a little too much yeah to run into two Agreed. episodes and just kind of give us a kind of a geeky little like it's more more front-loaded you know especially i, I really like when spreck comes in as pistol patty and they got the, all the smoke and it's really nice like call back to the, the opening of new hope when darth vader and all the stormtroopers come into the, mm-hmm. the rebel ship um, and it's a nice maybe accidental touch that um that they go from Western to Star Wars with, you know, Star Wars being so inspired by Westerns originally. So it kind of mm-hmm. suits that a lot of the design is still kind yep. of Western in the background here. Good point. Yeah. Um, two, so two quick things I also want to know. Probably one of my favorite little details is when you do have some of those stormtroopers running, walking along and the little mouse droids going in front of them or what's supposed to be the analog to the mouse droid, mm-hmm. those, those little paintball paint explosive you know things i feel like yeah that's what you know like in the original movies yeah they'd be walking along and the stupid little droids would be trying to trip up all the (laughs) stormtroopers or whatever uh so i like that and i also thought it was kind of a good idea that you know in in universe that they switch their guns so no longer are they using the six shooters they go back to using the paint guns from last year which are kind of a little bit more laser gun sci-fi looking mm-hmm. it would have just been a little weird to say hey we're doing star wars with six shooter guns Yeehaw! <laughs> so that was good so there you go uh yeah I, out of everything in this episode what, what is stuck in my mind is uh right at the end when annie's kind of all sad that abed's you know giving up the han solo thing and he throws her the vest and she's like, oh, ew. And she's like, Starburns. And he's like, uh, what does he say? Uh, he, yeah, he uses a crystal instead of deodorant. He would. I don't know why that description just, I love it so much, but it <laughs> describes Starburns. Like, that would be a drug. I don't know a lot of drug dealers or any, but mm-hmm. I can imagine, yeah, they'd be the kind of people that would scrub their pits with crystals or I don't know. <laughs> I, and and how how Abed knows that is is beautiful. So, 
All right, well, let's get into this episode. We have a lot of territory to cover. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Thomas, you, you said the genre bleed was already there between Western and sci-fi. So it's not a huge shift as we go from one to the others. Uh, Abed ditches his poncho, grabs, uh, eventually gets the um, the vest going on there. But, uh, yeah, we find out almost right away that the, the f- true phantom menace here was Dean Spreck from City College all along. The evil Dean from the other community college that we've only briefly heard about and seen, especially in the Rocket episode earlier this season. Um, so, And we learned just how mean this Dean could be. Did you just say bean? <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good line when yeah. he pulls that off. It was so good to see him again. I totally forgot that he came back. And as soon as the, the head came off and he was there, I was like, oh, of course, perfect. <laughs> I like I like how the Dean sounds like a, a very innocent kid. He's like, hi, Pistol Patty. Did they take you hostage? <laughs> like, oh, my poor Dean. I love him. But man, that, that guy is just everybody can run circles around him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can see like even the show isn't is kind of telegraphing. It's not really going to go super deep into the Star Wars thing when it, it busts out the the new music again. We get a second different theme, uh, but it's it's just kind of a Star Warsy version of the community theme, and it's a v- really abbreviated crawl, yeah. uh, which I I guess I kind of appreciate because those can go on forever. Spaceballs. We all need to watch Spaceballs again. Oh, that was good. I'm Spaceballs always down to watch Spaceballs again. Yeah. May the Schwartz be with you. And also with you. <laughs> so everybody who wasn't shot in the last episode has a good uh, chance of being in this one, uh, which is kind of a shame. Like we've have, you know, like Neil and Pablo and a lot of them that got killed in the last episode aren't able to be in this one. But um, everybody else is in the anthro room, which at this point has been demolished beyond all recognition like how far we've come from betty white and all her beautiful decorations from all around the world and now it's just paint everywhere and destroyed furniture and and whatnot and uh, everybody in greendale has is coming together to try to figure out what to do because city college is trying to trash the place and uh has already gotten them to trash the place so really they've they've won they've lost so they need to band together but if they do that Britta says, if we surrender our individuality to form a faceless regime, how are we any better? <laughs> and you're the worst, Vicky says. Her moment in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> Vicky gets two moments in the sun. Come on. Let's give That's true. Uh, yeah. D- I, okay, so they, they introduced another character. I don't know if this is a first time. Paradox? Oh, Yeah. Is that a first time, or I was wondering if he was that um, one of the people that Jeff had at his party? Remember, all those people were leaving his party, and he was like calling out their ridiculous names. I don't know if Paradox was one of them. Oh, I don't remember. He's definitely not a real character up until this episode. No, he's not much of a character in this episode either. But <laughs> you know, but I love how quickly Abed seizes upon the idea of being Han Solo. And, you know, it gets really intense to Starburns. That that whole, you know, give me the vest, laser breath, before our conversation gets nasty. <laughs> and Star- <laughs> Starburns has got a great expression. He just, yes, he's, he's very intimidated here. So. He does it so well. If, if like, um, if Danny Pudi was any, like, 
less good at immediately like adopting these personalities it w- it might not work like this would be just weird but he's so good at it you're just excited not since don draper has have we seen him do this have we <laughs> uh, well last episode you weren't here and we wanted your expert expertise uh when he was he was the cowboy his whole persona there did you watch that uh yeah i did yeah but um i don't know that how do you was, feel about how fine. you did that one that was yeah, fine. That was everyone fine. was a bit cowboy last episode, so it, it didn't it didn't impress me as much. <laughs> okay. Well, and what he does in his Abed's dialogue in this scene is really kind of what they do with Star Wars all over, where he he'll, he's not pulling lines of dialogue out of Star Wars exactly. They're still totally letting him do his own thing in the context of this community episode, but he'll throw in words like laser breath, which is just enough of a you know of a callback to star wars that we go oh okay that was a thing that princess leia said without you know with, again, without having to bang us over the head with it right um, yeah and i i was kind of thinking about how when we were kids we all wanted to be luke skywalker and, and we were playing and then we got a little older and it's like no 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 han solo was the cool one <laughs> yeah, you, everyone want to be Han Solo. Poor Chewbacca's over here, like, rah, rah, come on, that was cool. I had a crossbow for some reason in space. I can play chess. <laughs> Rip your arms off <laughs> in space. <laughs> One of my favorite jokes uh, playing Star Wars: The Old Republic is uh, really early on. You're on Hutta, and uh, you you can encounter a Wookiee playing chess with a, a droid and their arms on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Love I thought that was a good, yeah, environmental st- storytelling. So yes, yeah, so Greendale decides they're going to band together. Uh, they're going to unify to defeat uh, Community College and because hopefully as win. Troy says they are one unstoppable, unstoppable juggle knob. <laughs> juggle knob, <laughs> juggernaut, juggernaut. <laughs> Uh, Abed never makes fun of him, right? Abed's just like there to help him along. That's right. That's, uh, mm-hmm. that's good. Troy, Troy has a fun episode. I love Troy here. It's I do too. It's going to be hard pulling an MVP because I think it's almost a th- three-way tie between Shirley, Troy, and uh, Leonard for some reason. But <laughs> <laughs> Leonard gets so many lines in this episode. Uh, but he's fun. But yeah, Troy. Troy's awesome. And sh- when Shirley's like, you know, I, I hope we can wrap this up so I can get home to my babies. And Troy's like, forget your newborn child and think about the people who need you. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I enjoy that running plot of Shirley just wants to go home. She just, <laughs> just wants, wants to go home. She's missing CSI. <laughs> wants to see her babies. She's been wearing the same outfit for... At this point, it's got to be like 24 hours. Like, how long has the game been going? Because uh, we, we've gone to nighttime, remember? And it's back to daytime. True. They did the they did the dinner, and it was all dark. and Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at this point, it's been going on way too long. I'm surprised they don't show them on their phones. Like, sorry, honey, I'm in the middle of a paintball war, and we got to... Yeah, I know the kids miss me, but I got to win this, so... Yeah. See, I kind of have to win this, or I might be kicked out of college because it's going to shut down, and then you know the whole thing. It's good stakes. I think it's kind of sort of believable. It stakes. is. Like, yeah. It do- doesn't mean they'll lose the college, but if the college is trash beyond repair, you know, hundred thousand dollars worth of damage or whatever, 
that's that's a pretty serious problem. Um, mm-hmm. That they can't hit the re- reboot button without a bunch of pretend money. So yeah. Anyways, as they're as they're doing all this, a remote paint bomb robot comes into the room, and uh, Magnitude here gets his crowning moment of glory. Ah, Magnitude, <laughs> you were so young, and yet you lived so hot. Uh, he, <laughs> I love that little that little like him just jumping, leaping, and the way the camera catches that as he throws himself on the grenade here. That's that's great. His dying words. Well, we'll never know what his dying words were. (laughs) Pop pop, pop what? Magnitude, pop Pop what? what? I think that's the line of the episode for me. It killed me. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, like, he's not really hurt, so is he acting at this point? Or just, like, maybe maybe he got a little bruised, you know, throwing yourself, I guess down a flight of stairs onto a, a metal thing is not going to feel too good. But Yeah, not comfortable to land on. Yeah. But uh, at this point, Jeff Jeff and uh, Spreck have a pretty much their one and only dialogue interchange here. Uh, I love the, the Dean goes, oh, that's Jeff Winger. You're in trouble now. <laughs> Jeffrey, it's your friend, the Dean. I'm safe. <laughs> Actually, that's my favorite line of the episode. <laughs> Those guys are ballers, yo. Oh, gosh. Do you want to get bald? (laughs) Go, Jeff Winger study group. (laughs) Oh, that whole scene. It's, yeah. Oh, the Dean. He's like a little puppy, and yet you love him so much. You don't want to see him kick down. Um, We do see, I think, for the first time in this series, uh, the City College's flag, which... uh, Kind of like the Greendale flag is a little bit suggestive, and we'll just leave it at that. I think I missed that. Yeah. Very tall buildings uh, with two shorter buildings on either side. So there you go. Uh, But we see Louise Guzman's statue is torn down. That's that's pretty serious. Like They're they're going all out Mm -hmm. and taking the, the campus down, or at least the one outdoor set that they still have. (laughs) <laughs> I was waiting for them to put up another statue in its place, but obviously that never happened. I, oh, I don't know. I, that, yeah. that was just kind of the, the logical next step in that is to erect a statue of, of Dean Spreck or something. C-list or, actor. And or some other C-list list actor. Exactly. It's James Wood. <laughs> I think Family Guy has a monopoly on James Woods. Oh, do they? Okay. Uh, so we see uh, Greendale starting to fight back. I love that, that bit where... Uh, the stormtroopers are making fun of the poster like, you know, welcome to Greendale. You're already enrolled. And they get shot through the poster. <laughs> welcome to Greendale. You're already dead. Ah, it's awesome. And so that poster, that's Dan Harmon, right? And uh, is that from one of those... Webisodes? Is he that character from one of those webisodes? Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, nice. I didn't... Yeah, I have to go back and look at the poster again. Okay. Love that now Thomas is back to give us homework. Thank you. So glad you're back <laughs> here. Right. Yeah. yeah, I like how uh, Abed, when he he first is Han Solo, and he winks at Annie, and Annie just kind of rolling her eyes, and she doesn't really, she's like, whatever. But then there's this little moment in the paint room, and he starts to put on the Empire Strikes Back moves on Annie. Really <laughs> good. Like, I love this little bit. And uh, 
he starts to get to her. Like he, man, whether it's Don Draper or Han Solo, there is something between Abed and Annie. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's raised a lot of questions in the shipping community. Like, are these two supposed to be together? Are they a good fit? What do you guys think? Hmm. Abed, Annie, go. They could be a good fit. I was sort of thinking that when she was describing to him that she doesn't find him immature. And that, how did it go? Where he was saying, you like that I'm immature, it's good for you. And I'm like, you know, hmm, he's got a point. I think think they might be good together. We'll balance each other out. I think Alison Brie absolutely sells this. So I would... I would definitely buy the two of them together if the show goes that way. Totally. They sell it so well, I think, in that as soon as Troy, I mean, as soon as, uh, sorry, as, soon as Abed becomes Han Solo, uh, I like ship this as hard as I've ever shipped anything. And then like, <laughs> he instantly switches back. I'm like, oh, yeah, not anymore. Oh, man. He just like, it's like he turns off the switch. Uh, they they do that kiss at the end. I know we're just leaping all around, but oh man, that kiss—the kiss with all the the paint coming down—and he—it's not just like a little peck on you know grandmotherly peck on the cheek we're going for here. It's you know full blown, gone with the wind, sweep and- you off your feet, uh, and and possibly you know now you are bearing my child because we kissed this hard. <laughs> that sort of kiss, and then he just kind of drops her, and it's like oh we're done. I think that's the issue with Annie and Abed is that Abed will switch off like a light switch when he thinks something is over. So she just needs to keep him in a role for the rest of his life. And she would be happy at least. Yeah, I think if she can come to terms with that, then maybe. Maybe. I like while they're they're fooling around in the uh, the closet there. Shirley's like, I hope I don't get shot waiting out here. I hate to go home to my babies. <laughs> <laughs> the passive aggressive yes. Shirley lines. That's why I woke up in the morning. <laughs> oh, I found that poster, by the way. Yep. I'm not sure if it's Dan Harmon. It's definitely not the same outfit as the as like the webisodes that we covered way back. It might be him. I'm not familiar enough with what he looks like, despite having watched them. But it's not exactly the same. It could still be him, though. Right. I'm pretty sure it's him, but not showing the outfit. So, yeah. Yeah. Fight, 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 fight. No. <laughs> We're agreeing. <sighs> Al always disagrees with me. Can he disagree with you, Thomas? No. Just once. always on the same page. It's just him. <laughs> Thomas, I am sick of your malarkey. Thank you. Me too. All right, I tried, man. I'm sorry, Jay. Guys, okay. please. I can't do it. Anyway, find it a, it's a little odd that they've they've decided like, "Oh, we're going to go save the college," and then they kind of split up and then everybody gets back together again like, "Oh, now we've got to come up with a plan." Like, what were we just doing the last 3 scenes? You know, like I didn't think about it until like now, but now I'm going like, "Yeah, now they come back to talk about the plan to save the college." That's it just feels like they needed a couple filler moments in there, but that's pretty. Troy, funny. there is something a bit. Um, hmm. I realized while doing my plot summary as well that there's actually something a bit Star Wars about that, isn't there? The kind of the splitting off and how they have the two set pieces at the end, uh, cutting between them. It's very much mm-hmm. Star Wars to like separate into your teams and then come back together. So hmm. Yeah, they're okay. Maybe that's intentional then. Uh, so Troy and Jeff both 
both lay out their plans. Uh, Jeff wants to charge the Death Star, as it were, the ice cream truck with the machine gun. Um, every time I've watched this episode, and I'm just going to get this off my chest, I'm just going, can't they just go toward the truck from a different angle? Like, the truck isn't firm against the building, right? They could just go around it, flank it. Uh, it, it can't shoot in 360 degrees, but apparently they're doing the thing where you can only go straight at it. Uh, and I, I like how Troy even calls us out. He's like, your plan is to charge a machine gun. It's the <laughs> worst plan. It's the worst plan, Jeff. And uh, uh, Troy's plan, let's be, let's be fair here, not that much better. He wants to rig up the whole library so that it just sprays paint throughout the entire sprinkler system. The library with paint everywhere. That's his plan, and nobody's going, yeah, that might be... Um, We're trying to minimize the amount of collateral damage that's happening to our campus right now, but, you know, it, it looks cool, it sounds cool, and I love that Troy mentions his own super plumbing skills. Like, he's he's owning it now. He's a super plumber. Oh. He saved the day. Did you see him in the Super Mario Brothers movie, by the way? I haven't seen Troy. it. That's right. <sighs> That's He's right. doing all the real plumbing in that. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't I, make the connection to that. That's great. <laughs> so we got, um, let's see. So during this whole uh, planning session, uh, Leonard gets another couple good lines where he's like, I was a little rascal. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And then Garrett, Garrett with his one great line. I don't take orders from girls because they don't talk to me. And right next to him is Kendra with a QU, and the look she gives him is just, what is this guy about? But, yeah. That's that's a line, Garrett, I'm now going to use for any any woman who ever talks. I don't take orders from girls, because they don't talk to me. That's, that's good. So, yeah. So we find out uh, Pierce is kind of betraying them. Uh, Jeff's weaknesses are, are laid out in graphic detail. Uh, to <laughs> Dean Spreck also very unhelpful detail but uh, at least Pierce is getting a lot of puddings out of it he likes his puddings yeah, do you guys is Pierce intentionally giving them like bad info just so he can kind of be safe and eat pudding or is, is he just not care enough to give them any kind of real dirt to help them win hmm yes <laughs> Uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. Yeah, because I, I can say both very much so. Um, mm. And uh, like a, a qu- an underlying question this whole episode, I suppose, is how much is Pierce on our side? Uh, mm. And mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Because he is an opportunist. He's kind of like a smarter, more devious Chang, kind of seeing where the wind blows and right. Yeah, going with that, but it. It's odd because after the last episode, this one doesn't give him that much screen time at all. And in a way, that, that really works in your favor because when the last scene happens, or I'm, you know, like the, the last part of the paintball war happens, you're really not thinking about him much at all because he just hasn't been much of a character. But, um, but yeah, it also doesn't really answer these questions like what's going through his head? Is he really just still trying to be the guy who wants to win it all? Or. Is he looking for a way to stab Jeff in the back? Um, I don't know. 
But Amy? I guess we do at least find out that he is committed to Greendale in a way. So he's he doesn't want to he doesn't want Greendale to be destroyed by City College. Yeah, he's been going there for twelve years now. The CEO of a company there's tons of money decide this is how he's going to spend his life and just loves his college so yeah so we split up into two operations over here we've got operation troy's awesome plan and over there we've got operation actual operation (laughs) (laughs) the uh i like the little power struggle this is fun i think i like this element of the the episode i feel like they don't plummet quite as deep as i would have liked to see but it's okay. It's a, it's a really good dynamic. Seeing that both Troy and Jeff come from very alpha dog backgrounds, you know, lawyer, football star, right? Mm-hmm. We have, you know, and Troy has some natural leadership abilities. Maybe not smart smarts, but you know, he's got instinctual smarts and super plumbing skills. So why not? Why can't he be a leader? And I like that he kind of sticks up for himself, and he doesn't just bow to Jeff and saying, "Well." You know, like, Jeff, fine, you know, here, the situation has thrust itself upon you. You be leader. He's like, no, I'll, I'm going to be leader. And <laughs> Jeff can't take that, right? Mm-hmm. Narcissism kicks in. No, I'm the leader. So, so seeing both of these, but it gives them both opportunities to have fun in different environments. Uh, Jeff takes the group outside to go stage their, their full frontal attack on a machine gun nest. Uh, says I like his, his little speech here. He's like, "There's a place where we'll all see each other again, and that place is Denny's." <laughs> so perfect for this college, right? Which Denny's though? Because Leonard's barred from the one on off of Exit 15. <laughs> what did What did Leonard do? What do you guys think Leonard did? Oh boy, it, it had to involve his clothes being off. Like, there's no way yeah. it, he wasn't nude when whatever happened happened. That's generally the only way you get kicked out of a Denny's. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> Somebody once described every manager of Denny's as looking like a depressed Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> it's, it's so true. I mean, it's always a guy with a mustache and he's just questioning his life choices. But yeah, when I love the I love the Denny's talk because that's that's not Jeff from two seasons ago, you know, from the beginning of the show where he was a rich lawyer. This is Jeff with the rest of them. You know, this is where this college would go. They're all broke. They have no standards. Let's go to Denny's. Let's get our grand slam on. Well, Denny's is for so. winners, so <laughs> Denny's is for Denny's had no promotional. Uh, what is that phrase they always use? Consideration in this episode. No, <laughs> but they gave him some free, free advertising, anyways. And I think the, the Denny's thing actually, when they say like we're we're coming up with a plan, in, in in like the fiction of the Star Wars plot, of course they're coming up with their plan to storm the the bunker. But in real life, you're like. All right, so when we're done with this, we need to go get breakfast, right? <laughs> so, and that's just, I don't know. I, same way when Jeff gets shot, you know, moments later. <laughs> and just almost like Abed, light switch just flips. And he's like, all right, I'm done. It's a very Jeff thing to do. Oh, mm-hmm. it's so it's so surprising, too. Like, the first time I saw this episode, and he gets shot, and he's like, I'm out, I'm out. We lost. And it's so abrupt, and you're like, what? Like... <laughs> 
you know, he's in it all all the way. But the second they, you know, he gets shot, he just assumes everybody's going to tank without him. So, and it really like struck me that that happened. That could happen like halfway through the episode. Uh, yeah. Like we're really at a point where the ensemble it's an ensemble show. It's not just Jeff is the lead or anything. We don't need mm. him for the the whole second half of the finale. Hmm. True. But you know who we do need? Who's that? Vicky. One, Vicky! two. Vicky! <laughs> Leroy Jenkins! Leroy Jenkins! Oh. When she says Vicky, that is the greatest charge. <laughs> I and, and Jeff goes with it. for the. I, you know, I love Jeff in that moment. He's just like, yeah, go with it. Vicky! <laughs> <laughs> From and someone who charged. was like... What was she called? Yellow sweater in her first episode. Yellow sweater. That's right. To having her name shouted as she runs into battle. What yeah. Ah, oh, I love Vicky. She's... Is this Vicky's story arc? Like, is this her show? Actually, <laughs> maybe secretly. We'll we'll keep watching. I know she comes back. You got to wait until the last episode when we turn out. We turns out it's actually been Richard Dreyfus the entire time as a middle aged Vicky. Uh, spoilers. Who's writing the story. Spoilers. And, and this out. is all a dream that's been in his little uh, snow globe <laughs> that he's been looking at. So in, inside the library, <laughs> things are not going quite according to plan. Uh, Garrett got stuck in the air vent. We've gotten a lot of mileage out of that air vent this season. Mm-hmm. And um, Garrett just wallowing in there and going, I may be stuck. It's too uh, early to tell. It's too early to tell. <laughs> do they ever, do they, okay, so many unanswered questions here. Do they ever get Garrett out? Uh, do they ever go to Denny's? I want to know these things. Um, I don't know. If they do go to Denny's, does that mean Pierce has to come with them? Mm. You know, I'm sure they kind of invited him, but he just doesn't. You know, yeah. I don't know. But I, so I want to talk about the action here because uh, this is another Russo directed episode, right? Joe Russo, I think, directed this one. That's right. Yeah. All right. Good. Got got my details right. So I, I feel like the action is really visceral. It's it's very fast paced in this one. It's less stylized like it was in the Western one, but more of the, you got the shaky cam, you got kind of like um, they're shooting the Saving Private Ryan kind of stuff, really up front, uh, you know, in your face, the, the, the hits sound good. Every time they got into an action scene, I just felt, I kind of got swept up into it. And it was, that's good. I mean, it wasn't like funny action. It was just like, hey, cool. You know, like, there they go. But something really started to bug me. And it wasn't until I walked away from this episode I realized what it was. And it bugged me about all of the paintball episodes to this point. How are these paint guns working? Every time I've ever done paintball, you have to have an air canister, a giant air canister attached to your gun to make those little paint pellets fly. How does a revolver Hmm. shoot an air pellet or a paint pellet? Justin, it's just a show. You should really just relax. A wizard did not do it. Wizard did not do it. <laughs> I guess it was a little dorky. Whatever. I mean, I mean, I but, made an MST3K reference in response, so yeah, I'm not going to judge dorkiness. You're a dork too. It's okay. Man. I agree. The action's awesome, though, and particularly like Troy and Abed when they like leave the library and start shooting, they seem to just be loving like the formation they're taking. Like, I'll shoot this way and you shoot that way. It's really cool. <laughs> And, and the two of them plus Annie, that's a that's a really good Star Wars, you know, a New Hope kind of core group right there. Hell yeah. That's true. 
commence Operation Troy's awesome leadership is never in doubt. (laughs) 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 A lot of great lines, but hearing Leonard, (laughs) when Leonard and Britta are are under attack and Leonard goes, Britta, I've been in a few real wars, but this one is actually the most terrifying. (laughs) And the way he delivers that with his one eye squinting and and just kind of hovering over Britta is... I don't know why he didn't get an Emmy that year, but he totally deserved it for this episode alone. Leonard is beautiful. We actually know from another episode he fought in the Korean War for North Korea. <laughs> so, of course. He's been in a few real wars, man. I don't know. Would you not have watched a whole spin off show with just Leonard? Yeah, I would. Leonard's Adventures. Yeah. A webisode, something. A couple episodes, I mean, at least. Yeah, a couple. <laughs> it would have gotten canceled pretty Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, so both outside and inside. I like how both plans are kind of disintegrating. It doesn't look good for either side. Uh, and and Troy rounds that corner and has that great you know close-up. And he's like, I had a dream it would end this way. And then he gets just absolutely plastered with paintballs from all the stormtroopers and there's like yeah there's like some low-key drama to that moment that they they do it as close to serious as community can do anything yep and then shirley says i'm gonna have to win it (laughs) (laughs) that's where i'm like high five and shirley and going i don't know why the hate for shirley is so great but look at this look at her just like she's weary she just wants to go home she wants to be with her kids but she says, fine, I'll have to win it. And she starts running. I'm okay, let's let's appreciate she just had a baby. Even if it at mm-hmm. this point in the universe is uh, a week or two, I you're not really running around a week or two after you've had a baby. You're you're staggering places, maybe. But uh, she's shuffling as quick as she possibly can, and I love the you know, you start cheering her on, she hits that the fire alarm, the paint starts going. She's trying to make it to the outside. And uh, it's it's a great, great moment. This is where Abed and Annie kiss. Troy strikes the platoon pose, because why not? <laughs> Every time I watch this episode, all I can think of is how much paint he must be getting in his mouth as he screams <laughs> to the sky. And in, in Abed and Annie's mouths. Jeez. That's true. Yeah. Oh gosh, I couldn't help but think about that. It's like there's no way it's not getting in their mouths. Oh, it doesn't seem like it's that thick of a paint. It doesn't. It, I wonder if it's not even really like if it's you know food coloring, like watercolors, something. <laughs> I mean, going through the tubes, you see it kind of going up, and I like I like Troy's whole thing. Like when they hit the fire alarm, and you see that the paint starting to go up. I mean, that's kind of a really cool Rube Goldberg style trap there going on. Uh, but yeah, when it starts sprinkling down, it's it's reddish, but it's not really coating stuff the way paint would coat stuff, um, which kind of makes sense. I I can't imagine the setup for something like this, but it would be a messy day on set, and they'd probably have to reset it a few times to keep doing these scenes. You know, they don't do do it just once, so they had to have some way to to make it look like sort of you know colored water coming down, but also not staining everything so that they could wipe it up and, and start over again. When I was watching the Troy bit, I was wondering if that was actual paint they were coating the room in or if it was just like some kind of a 
CGI effect or something. Yeah. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I know Leonard is kind of awesome. He gets into the action. He's, it's kind of fun watching these side characters, you know, really get out there and go. It really is. Uh, uh, so it makes you feel like, yeah, this is more than just seven people out of college and everybody else is, you know, nobody's there. It's kind of fun. I feel again, I feel bad like Neil and Mike and all the people from the first episode couldn't be part of this moment. But, you know, they're there. Everybody gets shot except for Britta. And that great little moment. Talk about serious moment where she looks back. And she's all alone, and she looks back, and she sees everybody just silently standing there watching her. And you, you feel like all the hopes being dumped on her, and she is just scared to death. It's it's a really good silent moment. Like that's that's communicating a lot. So bravo episode. And then that awesome moment where Shirley comes in on a golf cart. Yeah, like, let's, let's win so this good. thing. And you get the girls, and the girls are doing pretty awesome man who would have predicted britta and, and shirley would go this far yeah i really definitely wouldn't have thought britta you know shirley seemed like she would at least be wanting to get out soon as she can and step things up but britta i was just kind of shocked she well, she's kind of the unlikely one mm -hmm. you know there's almost there is something sort of dramatic about it being it's not the abed with the han solo thing it's not troy the athlete or jeff the the main character yeah, I think it does a great job in this episode of making it really feel like it makes sense these characters would all come together to save the school. They're all capable. They all care about the school and each other deep down. Even with Pierce coming in at the end. Like, I mean, he's done with them and I get it. It Again, I don't know what happens in the future and I don't care if... I don't care about spoilers. But um, sure. you guys can totally spoil anything. It's fine. But... Uh, at this point, to me, it seems like, you know, Pierce cares about the school a lot, too. And so it, it does help kind of bring him back from this villain arc a bit. Makes him more human. Oh, I definitely think it does a lot to to, to buy back the audience's goodwill. Yeah. And as just sort of the single grand gesture as opposed to... You know, you don't have to do a big, long Pierce redemption arc because he just saved the school and donated $100,000, which is also kind of a very Pierce way to go about life, I think. Mm -hmm. Which he, by the way, he could have just donated he it. He could have anyways. just donated it anyway. <laughs> That's true. He wants, he probably, he either wants the glory or maybe he realized how important it was to like, for morale to beat them at the game. Yeah. You know, rather than just and solve it And you know what? Money. For the rest of his life, he'd have this one thing yeah. to hold over Jeff. He's got that one thing. He finally got it. Everybody's cheering. He saved the school. Mm -hmm. He won the game. And that's and Jeff, he didn't even get Denny's because Denny's is yep. <laughs> But yeah, that, that moment when Shirley and Britta both get shot and everything just like suddenly halts and the stormtroopers are all high-fiving and... Every time... I know how the episode's going to end. I've watched this before and I'm still like shocked like there's a little bit of a low-key like oh dude we just lost like oh crap mm -hmm. you know <laughs> like that's not where you really expect this to go and then pierce coming in and high-fiving them and like who are you your mother's lover pew, pew. <laughs> and uh <laughs> and there you go pierce wins the day it's uh it's very surprising and the fact that the episode does a good job keeping your eyes off of him until that moment is is really good and he's got the heart attack set up from the previous episode, yep. which is, it feels just like a nice little callback. 
hey buddy are you okay <laughs> so then we get a then we get kind of this um final study group scene in the library where they're sitting around and jeff gives troy some props here he swallows a little bit of his arrogance and shows a little bit of humility and says you know troy had a good idea he was a good leader and i like that um, but pierce comes back and gives a bit of a speech here but the the long and the short of it is he's not coming back to the study group um i want to talk about this final speech it's an interesting speech there are things i like about it i like that pierce is self-aware enough that he understands that he does test as he says he tests people he pushes them he wants them to fail them and he says i've never really had friends past a single semester because of this but he's been going to this school for 12 years so he's been cycling through people like crazy um but he's now had the study group for two years so let's let that sink in but even though he admits like he says it's a sickness i admit it but i'm through with you guys i don't know what you have here it's toxic i'm out of here and uh i don't know i i have thoughts on this but i really want to know your guys's thoughts what do you, how do you feel about this speech? I don't understand. I, I mean, I guess it's toxic for him or. I don't think it's toxic. I think he's more toxic than anyone else. And I don't know that like the, this group of people was able to put up with him for two years and genuinely like care about him for a while seems like it's just coming from a place of hurt and rejection rather than them actually being toxic for him in my opinion all right any other thoughts that's a good i i like that yeah i think there's a good that's a good bit of introspection on his part honestly i think that's a real thing that i certainly know real life people who have that tendency. Um, so I like them putting that out there and giving him a motivation beyond we decided Chevy Chase is the bad guy. Um, so I think that helps kind of connect some dots for me and makes him a little more three-dimensional. I kind of agree. I think it's a little bit pot and kettle saying that y'all are too toxic for me. But said so I, I like it because I think it gives just it gives more context to the way that Pierce has acted all season because it makes him less of a cartoon character and more of a person yeah I, I like that too it's kind of I mean it's tr tragic even if it's his own fault that he's the outsider of the group the fact that uh, they they kind of didn't manage to like at this point they haven't managed to integrate him is kind of that's a clinical way of putting it, but it's kind of it's sad. And, um, and yeah, I really felt this moment. That was, that was okay, a, Professor a, Duncan. Great, great. <laughs> <laughs> such an intelligent way to end the season. Um, so. It's a bit of a surprise because it, it's, a, it's a tonal whiplash. We've gone from a scene where they won and everybody's chanting, you know, human beings, human beings. And, and there's that, that wonderful moment, like, where we want to end a season, right? We we finally won. We got a good thing, and and then they 
suddenly ending on kind of a downer note. I mean, nothing tragic has happened. I don't think it's, you know, Pierce walks away. Well, their lives aren't going to be horrible, but it's, you know, other than Troy, Troy's lost his ride. <laughs> like that. He was my ride. <laughs> I like that a little bit, but yeah, I, I, I've never really liked this. I think it's, as you said, I, I, the um, Pierce winning the thing, donating the hundred thousand dollars, it does redeem some of the goodwill. I don't think it does quite enough. I one grand gesture. This is a movie thing. One grand gesture doesn't always make up for habitual, you know, mistreatment of people, and that's what Pierce has been doing like all season long. Oh, you know, the whole show really. He's had good moments. He's and you know we've we've been as sympathetic as we possibly can be, and I think the group has been too, but. Uh, for him to suddenly kind of go like, I'm not really the bad, even though I've just admitted I'm the bad guy and I have the sickness, you guys are the real bad guys. I'm out of here. Like he's, he's given them no, he's not appreciated anything that they've done for him. He's not said, well, you guys, you know, you were the ones visiting me in the hospital. You were the ones who, you know, were my friends for two whole years. And you were the ones who gave me all the flu vaccines. I mean, come on. Um, uh, you just, yeah, it's it's kind of just a really mean, bratty, uh, I want to get the last word in and make you all feel bad, and now I'm out of here. That it that just seems childish to me. That's why I don't like this part. But I will say it is kind of shocking, and it's, it's not what the viewer expects to see or to happen. I mean, I expect it of Pierce. I'm honestly not surprised that he ended this all childish, childishly, not childlessly childishly <laughs> all right we're getting to the part of the episode where we can't talk anymore so we got yeah <laughs> but uh, but it really does encapsulate what i i see uh, my favorite things about pierce to be honest i like that he's a horrible person but i can't help but really feel sorry for him a lot so sure people are complicated aren't they not always one thing then we get the closing credits. I love these closing credits. <laughs> just Abed talking mm-hmm. with the janitor. We've met the janitor before. I don't know if he has a name, uh, but I like his character because he's very expressive. Yes. Um, and uh, in this whole scene, he has to be because here we have another example of Abed just not reading <laughs> a guy at all. Makes you think of the the bar, right? Mm-hmm. Where. He's trying. He's talking Farscape with a guy who doesn't care whatsoever, and he's just regaling the the events of this grand paintball thing to the guy who's cleaning up this horrible mess. Yeah, <laughs> he's just asking him like, "What are your summer plans?" <laughs> <laughs> the look on his face—you just know he wants to yeah. kill Abed or do something horrible to him. And Abed's like, "Well, where can I put this? Oh, just put it anywhere." <laughs> <laughs> and i like abed's storytelling is like it's not good storytelling it, it sounds like he's eight years old describing a movie to the guy mm-hmm. yeah and i like the fact that the episode actually acknowledges they got to clean this up this is a huge huge mess all over campus and even with a hundred thousand dollars it's still a major cleanup that's going to have to happen and People actually doing the cleaning up are not the people who made the mess, so they're not going to be too happy about it. So I, I just like that they, they actually acknowledge that. That was that's a nice little touch. I'd so. love to before we and just mention the music again as well. Mm. I think we've mentioned it a bit, but um, 
it's really good in this episode. Um, same composer, Ludwig Göransson, and I suppose it's the like they're supposedly going for a Star Wars thing, but I feel like it often sounds more like Inception or something, which I guess was you know really big at the time. Uh, and I just I find that funny because because uh, now Ludwig Göransson has done Star Wars in The Mandalorian, and he's basically Christopher Nolan's composer. So. Uh, this was like his audition to huh. all the work he's doing now. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. I didn't actually listen to the music in this one. I'll have to go back and do that. Ah, okay, well, we have established Thomas is the better of us when it comes to music appreciation. <laughs> but we'll see who has the, the best report card for our very last episode of this season. And let's see, eeny, meeny, miny, owl. Why don't you kick us up, bud? Um, This one is uh, a lot of fun, and I do like the story beats that it drops. I like the way that it ties things up. I I don't disagree with any of the, um, you know, the opinions about Pierce's final speech. I think it's a lot of fun. I really like Abed as Han Solo. Uh, I think that it's fun to watch, you know, this sort of Greendale action movie, and it does just enough to be really entertaining, but feel like it isn't just a giant cluster of a fight. There's actual planning and strategy and this unstoppable force moving through the school. That's all really cool. I think that the, I think the episode works really well as a two-parter with the last one. But I also think the last one did everything a little bit better. It was so on point with the theme, with the costumes, uh, with the economy of story, just everything in the last episode really sang. And this one isn't quite there. So I think it's a really good finale. I was looking back at my scores and I gave myself three pluses I was going to be able to give myself throughout the season. I've only used two. So I'm going to give this a B plus to end the season on. All right. Uh, Heather. Well, uh, I- I'm not a plus billionaire like someone over there who's just made up a cryptocurrency of pluses or something so i can't give it a b plus but what i'm gonna do is give it an a i'm just gonna go ahead and get it out there it's got an a straight a it's i i don't know what else to say amazing quotes some of the funniest quotes in my opinion of the show some of them uh i really love like i'm gonna go back to earlier i really love the interaction between all the characters how important they were to the overall story i feel like everyone got a chance to shine everyone got a chance to be important and as we all discussed it wasn't just the same like jeff or somebody that you always see carrying the whole thing we ended up with characters we don't get to see get a lot of love um straight a okay cool thomas my thoughts are kind of like owls but reversed I would say. He's knocking, 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 knocking. Yeah. I learned I love this episode so much. It's probably like top three of all that we've watched for me. Uh, it's just full of lines I absolutely love. Just all the side characters getting great moments. I love to see Leonard and Vicky and Kendra and magnitude uh it's brilliant and i love when a season finale like uh, gives gives its all and it's almost like 
the creators were like, well, just in case there wasn't a season three, let's just go out with a bang and destroy the whole school and everything. And that's what they do here. And at this point, the basic sitcom we started watching at, at the start of season one is totally dead. And just this episode has so much action and romance and comedy and drama. The Pierce stuff works for me at the end. I like the Pierce arc. I feel kind of touched at the end. And my only criticism of this episode, I think, is that some of Abed's stuff, like I absolutely love him doing Han Solo, but I think they over-explain it a little bit. I feel like they could trust us to, like, he doesn't have to explain at the start, oh, I think you know, someone's going to do the Han Solo role and I'm going for it. Uh, I feel like they could just trust us and just go for it rather than explaining it all the time. But um, I love this episode so much. Had the greatest time. Easy, easy A. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to land a sequel, right? Um, especially in a two-part, two-parter. I, I was recently watching Star Trek: The Next Generation with my daughter. He, she's going through it for the first time, loving it. Uh, we finished season three, right? Best of both worlds. One of the most nice. famous two-parters. Uh, the, the to be continued. Uh, we got to that part, and I said, "Well, I had to wait an entire summer." to find out how this ended. So you've got the whole summer until I show you the next episode. And she went, what? I'm like, no, we'll just watch it right now. So we did. (laughs) Um, And, you know, and it's a good like two part episode, but the second part is not quite as good as the first. It has its moments, but the first was so good. It's like, it's really hard to follow up and, and create a two parter where both parts are equal. You tend to have one that, just has more weight than the other and so i agree like the western one is tighter and it has a stronger story it has a better villain actually villains going on there and and all that and this one i could just nitpick till the cows come home i really could i could i don't think it's as tight i don't i I think it is kind of a messy episode it it is kind of an extended epilogue i mean we're kind of made to believe like this is a grand conspiracy in the the previous episode. And it's just like, Oh, it's just that jerk who wants them to destroy their campus. I mean, like that's not that grand of a conspiracy, but you know, then again, it's just community colleges. So let's not go overboard. Uh, Yeah. I could nitpick it, but I don't really want to because it's just a purely fun episode. And every now and then that's what you want. Uh, When I was a kid and even today as a middle-aged adult, I love movies where characters that I like rally together to save a thing, to do something together. Uh, that that kind of giant ensemble, go go, you know, spirit. And I, I don't think we get that much these days that we used to back in, especially in the eighties. Uh, you know, it just it seemed as as naive and and simple. Now everything has to be grim, dark, and always end on such a down note. And here, for the most part, you know, pure speech aside, it's you know, it's uh, it's very upbeat. It's very you know, like we're cheering them on the entire way, and we're not just cheering one person. We're cheering on an entire school, a school that has made a faceless, androgynous, raceless mascot their thing and they've they love this weird school and so we kind of love it too and i like that you know they're not just fighting like they were in the first season's paintball episode for 
priority registration and you know they're out for themselves but really they're out for the school so i like that this this, it's it's just a great fun episode it's a wonderful way to to wrap up season two and um yeah yeah yay i i could go down to a b if i was nitpicking and i felt really persnickety but i'm not i'm i'm in a good place right now thomas has put me in a good place he has soothed me with his oceanic uh, melodies and his rhythms. Oceanic so I'm, I'm rhythms. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, I've got yeah. those oceanic. Rhythms, I so. <laughs> feel like we need an HR department. <laughs> <laughs> Am I violating something? You must right now? have several things. <laughs> okay, and and come on, we I love I love the the Leonard stuff. So Leonard Shirley and, and Troy, triple MVPs of this episode, and I'm just going to go down saying that. So there we go, guys. That was season two. We're done. Can't believe it. Wow. Congratulations. And Heather's almost done. I'm always, you know, we could have ended on such a great note, but then you had to ruin it, didn't you, Pierce? (laughs) I'm sorry. You guys are just toxic. I'm out of here until the next episode, which I have to come back because I record it. So, yeah. It'll be back in three, two, one. Oh no, did it? What what if what if instead of nobody coming in, Buddy came in and just sat down and replaced Pierce? I'm back. Oh, Jack Black. We never knew you were gonna go so far as to be the guy who writes the hit song Peaches in the year twenty twenty three. But you know, here we are. All right. Well, that's it for season two of Community Rewatching 101. Actually, you know what? We're not quite done yet. We're going to do a wrap up episode. And next time we're going to talk about the entire season. Likes, dislikes, Al spreadsheets will come out in all their nerdy glory. And we'll really just try to put our thoughts to the full season and see how we like it. And then we might even have another fun episode and uh, go into season three if you guys are cool with it. I hope so, because it's pretty awesome. So, yeah, uh, that's it. Follow us uh, over there at MutantReviewersMovies.com, Mutant Reviewers Movies, where we might not be quite as nerdy as everything you've heard on today's show. But who am I kidding? We are totally that nerdy. Uh, we love we've done all the Star Wars movies. You can definitely check out. We've even done the Ewok, the two Ewok movies. We've reviewed those. We've done the holiday special. We're people. dedicated. Any, we're just we've done the cartoons the droids cartoon we're masochists (laughs) that yeah i don't know what else we could really review unless the newer stuff and we've kind of given up on that but uh oh well mutantreviewersmovies.com that's where you got to go but you know what you're not going to go there until thomas says it in a really cool voice so thomas help me out all right mateys you're gonna go down to mutant reviewers and see what they got cracking down there down 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 there <laughs> perfect <laughs> flawless chef's kiss Oof.